Welcome to Aardvark Avarice. I am your host, Jack White. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Cyberdyne Systems, who are at the forefront of the AI technology explosion. Computers that play chess, programs that create art and write novels, they pale in comparison to what Cyberdyne has in store. Change is coming, and Cyberdyne is ready to drop the bomb on the world of technology. Despite the rumors, I want to assure people that this is not a conspiracy. Two magnetic housing units for the dual micro-singularities, an electron injection manifold to alter mass and gravity of the micro-singularities, a cooling and x-ray venting system, gravity sensors, or a variable gravity lock, four main cesium clocks, three main computer units. I am very excited about my guest today. This person is the two-time winner of the Rapscallion Reader's Black Hat Award. He is officially and proudly banned from air travel in 110 countries in the world. The readers of Scoundrel Weekly voted him most likely to plunder, pillage, and pontificate. And he is the co-owner and spokesperson for the hair care company, Rackish. With great pleasure, I would like to introduce the supervillain, Evil Genius. Thank you very much for those gracious words. I just want to point out that my supervillain name is THE Evil Genius. Just Evil Genius is a different supervillain altogether. Really? You don't mind sharing a similar name? Well, it really doesn't matter because he's not all that active outside of Des Moines. But he has already copyrighted the name, and legally, I would not be able to use evil genius on my swag. Hats, t-shirts, stress balls, hand sanitizers. So you're able to get around copyright laws by adding the? Well, evil genius is still suing. But my business lawyer, Janice, ensures me we have a case. Unfortunately, I can't just murder him and claim his name. It gets tied up in red tape for years. Copyright laws on supervillain names are very convoluted. I see. Is there nothing you can do? Well, I could blink him out of existence either by altering reality or through time travel. But my engineers won't have working prototypes for another three years. Evil genius said he would drop the lawsuit if I agreed to a stay-away order in Des Moines. But that would mean I would not attend the Des Moines supervillain social. The Des Moines supervillain social? Is, is it that important? Oh, yes. And not just because the catering is top-notch. The social as we iniquitous know it is where much of the world's supervillain networking takes place. Villainy is a competitive field. And if you're not willing to do the legwork, well, you're no villainous than Grubby Rat, Throw Man, Atrocious Girl, or... Puppy woman. Yeah, hold on, excuse me. Did you say puppy woman? Yes. She has a cruel and devil obsession. Puppy woman is like that annoying king's sister who refuses to be abandoned in the woods and eaten by wolves. Believe me, we've all tried. Okay, let's, uh, let's move on. Can you tell me anyone who inspired you to become a supervillain? I would have to say my mother, or Manka. 
She is not a supervillain per se, but rather an enforcer for the Bulgarian Mafia known as the Wrestlers. They were recognized for their shaved heads, black suits, sunglasses, and gold bling. Nobody could pull off the mug look like Maka. She really cut an image in her black suit, and when she came home rubbing her shaved head with a satisfied grin, I knew someone was cleaved that night. Cleaved? Uh, was her choice of weapon a cleaver? No, that's ridiculous. Maka would never stoop to such a cliché. No, she would riddle her targets with an arsenal shipka and display the bodies in a t-shirt depicting Theodore Beaver Cleaver. That was her call sign. In the Bulgarian underground, she was known as the Beave. The Beave? It's a family tradition. You wouldn't understand. No, no, probably not. Uh, is there anyone else that influenced you as a supervillain? Well, I trained under the infamous Colonel Creep. Oh, the supervillain that managed to change all the Clue character cards and game pieces from Colonel Mustard to Colonel Creep. The very same. You know your villainy lore well. Yes, I spent years at Creep College learning all there is to know about the nefarious, wicked, and immoral. My major was depravity, with a minor in decadence. Decadence? Yes, I am a certified wine expert, and I spent a summer as Paris Hilton's personal sommelier. After that, decadence seemed only fitting. You really are a genius. Not just a name, but you actually are a doctor. Yes, I have my doctorate. And uh, what did you get your PhD in? Medicine? No, no, not medicine. Psychology or one of the sciences? No, uh, no, I can't say it is. Um, well, uh, what then? I have a PhD in art history. You're a doctor of art. History! Doctor of Heart History through the University of Arizona's online program, and I'm quite proud of it. You did it for the title doctor, didn't you? Yes, of course I did. My supervillain name was Dr. Fabergé. Mr. Fabergé sounds like an overweight gym teacher with questionable intentions and shorts that let the mouse out of the house with every lunge or squat. I'm a supervillain, not a perv. Wait. You were Dr. Fabergé? How did I not know that? Most supervillains have previous aliases they keep on the down low. Mostly for branding purposes. Trying out different personas until one fits is very common. Much like professional wrestlers. Dr. Fabergé was one of the most notorious art terrorists ever. Oh. You are familiar with my early exploits. Of course. You stole dozens of Fabergé eggs and then returned them to their previous locations with cleverly concealed phallic symbols, usually without anyone the wiser. Restoring them cost millions. Six of my alterations are still undiscovered. That is amazing. Or dare I say, genius? 
I actually saw five of your eggs at the Virginia Museum of Fine Arts. What you did to the Imperial Peter the Great egg was classic. Yes, I had fun with that one. You know, a study by the People's Friendship University of Russia found that 35% of males that viewed the eggs were more insecure in the bedroom and 18% less likely to procreate. I'm married with three kids. Bully for you. You sound disappointed, doctor. I also have a master's in engineering. Yeah, but it's just a master's. The Polytechnic Institute of Bulgaria didn't offer an engineering doctorate at the time. But it has served me well. One of my most destructive achievements, the Ska-Punk Disintegrator, started in the labs of PIB. That's where I developed my Ska targeting system, using an AI interpreter to analyze the beats of the real big fish. I have since eliminated all the posers and imitators who solely New Jersey dive bars. And we can thank you for that one. Let's talk about your appearance. You really look the part of a supervillain. I didn't always look this way. This evil man you see before you is the product of multiple procedures. Cosmetic reconstruction? Hormone and gene therapy? DNA resequencing? And a Nigerian hudon tonic that is not unlike the polyjuice potion from Harry Potter. Really? Let me show you something. This is an image of me as a child. Wow. If I didn't see it, I wouldn't believe it. Is this photoshopped? <laughs> no, that's the real deal. You look like a ginger Jonathan Lipnicky. It's funny you should say that. I was in a Varna stage production of Jerry Maguire, where I indeed played a young and adorable Ray Boyd. You don't say. You see, I suffer from moral dysphoria. Now, what is that? I believe I was born with a different body than my actual morality would suggest. As you can see from the picture, I look like a young cherub dropped from the heavens above. But I always felt my body should be more sinister and evil looking. Is that actually a thing? Oh, yes. Some scientists believe Rasputin and Bela Lugosi suffered from the same affliction. Since then, I have gone through many changes, working towards the body I believe I should have always had. I am scheduled for ankle extensions next week to give me the feeling I'm looming over you. So it's an ongoing process. I have to say, you look pretty sinister. I see you kept the ginger fro, but you've got that very evil-looking white streak going through it. That's llama plugs. Hair taken from a llama. No. It's true. Notice the texture difference and the lack of curl. Well, that's amazing. Don't do it. What? I can see it in your eyes. You want to touch it. But that would be a violation of my personal space. I have disemboweled several people who thought they could touch my hair. 
I would hate to disembowel you before this interview is over. Okay, noted. So, you have accomplished many infamous acts in your career. What would you say is your favorite? I know many people who think it was the Ringling Brothers flying pink elephant scandal. Or making Honey Boo Boo a viral sensation. Or changing the outline of the moon to look like J-Lo's backside. <laughs> oh, yes, the butt moon. That's definitely my favorite. Classic. How did you do that, by the way? That is one secret I will never divulge. Who knows when the butt moon shall return and whose backside it will represent? A Kardashian, Black China, Pippa Middleton, or Thor himself, Chris Hemsworth? Oh, I look forward to it. So, none of those are your favorite? No. My favorite evil deed involves David Adkins. That sounds familiar. Who is he? Most people know him by his stage name, Sinbad. The comedian? What evil deed could possibly involve Sinbad? Have you ever heard of the Mandela Effect? Wait, are you telling me you created Sinbad's Mandela Effect? Where people remember him being in a movie called Shazam that never actually existed? You did that? Because even I suffer from that one. No, I didn't create that particular Mandela Effect, although I was instrumental in the Jiffy Jiff conundrum. You see, the movie Shazam actually did exist. And I, Stinko Marvin Yankova, a.k.a. the evil genius, eradicated it from this earth. I knew it existed. But why destroy it? I remember it being a good movie. It was good. It was so good, it was brilliant. And I could not have that movie exist for another minute. Shazam was an anomaly. Have you seen his other movies? House Guest? The Cherokee Kid? Aliens for Breakfast? First Kid. Yes. First Kid. One hour and 41 minutes of abject torture. Those are brain cells that will never return. Luckily, his five minutes of fame ended, and he was relegated to guest appearances on cable TV and voice work for cartoons watched by future Apple geniuses. Just imagine, however, if Shazam did exist, subpar sequels would have followed, leaving us to lament what was ever diluting and tarnishing the engaging characters of the original. And how many more Sinbad movies would have been made, fueled by the popularity of that aberration? We would go to each and every one, hoping for a spark of Shazam's magnificence, only to be hauntingly crushed each time, our souls withering in dismay. Don't you think you're overreacting? Am I? Imagine a Jingle All the Way sequel. Only Arnold passes and they get the lead to Sinbad. 
Imagine sequels to all of his cinematic dumpster fires. Second kid. That's right. Second kid. And it wouldn't end with Sinbad. Other comedians wallowing in mediocrity will be given second, third, fourth chances as studios hope for landing the next Shazam. Polly Shore, Dane Cook, Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, the world would not survive another Ford Fairlane. Yes, you see, don't you? I, like all other supervillains of any repute, seek world domination. But there needs to be a world to dominate. So I took it upon myself to rid this world of that scourge. I dove into the dark mystic arts. I pushed the laws of science. I single-handedly exterminated every last shred of that albatross, and I dared adventure where no man dares to venture, straight into Simbad's mind, prying apart any remembrance of that masterpiece Shazam! Oh, God, that sounds horrific. You have no idea. Sinbad's mind is like an epileptic mole. You come out mentally circumcised in all the wrong places. Oh, boy, is that too bad. I liked his stand-up. Oh, yes. The stage is where he belongs. I saw him at the Apollo, and he had a refreshing spin on fart humor. Well, it's all very gripping. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Before we go, however, I have one last question. You mentioned world domination, the cliché of supervillain motives. Is there anything else you wish to accomplish in your career? I would like to bring the opportunity of villainy to children who lack the means to experience it. You are speaking of disadvantaged children growing up in poverty with limited resources. Dear God, no. There is villainy and poverty aplenty. I speak of those well-adjusted children from stable family homes. Those who live in a goody-good bubble of summer camps and little league games. I established my charity group, the Evil Genius Society for the Provocation of Cruelty, to help those children in dire need of a moral exposure. Well, it is nice to see that you're giving back. Thank you. Well, this has been an enlightening interview. Would you consider joining us again? I would love to, providing I do not eradicate you on the way out. Your catering leaves something to be desired. I do apologize. I will make sure we get beehots for next time. Ah, they have good pakora. I will consider it. Excellent. Once again, we've been speaking with The Evil Genius. I know I and many Ardvarkians will be looking forward to your headlines in the future. I appreciate it. And I just want to inform those listening, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Truth Social, and LinkedIn.
Also, please subscribe to my YouTube and TikTok channels. I'm already a subscriber. Thank you for listening to Aardvark Avarice. I want to revisit our sponsor, Cyberdyne Systems, who look to the lessons of the past to help ensure a future that benefits all of humanity. Working for a better tomorrow, they are sure their products will blow you away. Until next time, I am Vicini, saying be safe, be kind, and enjoy the Fontina. Inconceivable! Snap and clean it, 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 sn